Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective. Uh, this is supposedly a Western Conference preview, but I really don't know how it's going to go. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't really like previews. But you don't like predictions either. No, I don't like predictions. I don't like previews. Do you like over unders? I'll listen to them. I'll listen to them. I feel like you like predictions as long as you can't be proven wrong, as long as there's somebody else's predictions. No, I, ju- I just don't like the concept. I, I think we should embrace that we don't know. I think a prediction's like a, you know what, everybody's got one. Brian, it's been oh. a while. Can you introduce everyone? Yes, I will get there, Andrew Hahn. You know, he's already, the season is just beginning. <laughs> he's already a taskmaster. Um, we're in Los Angeles today. Um, we have a big meeting on here. I, I don't, there's going to be some period of time before this runs, and it's possible like Jimmy Butler could get traded. So I don't know how fresh all these takes will be, but, um, we have our big meeting. And we, this year, the meeting moved. Like LeBron to Los Angeles, LeBron like like LeBron and Dave McMenamin, the meeting our annual meeting moved to Los Angeles. Dave McMenamin is here. He now covers the Lakers. Uh, I don't know if you all heard that, but this is announced in the announcement that you're now covering the Lakers. Um, over here we have Michael Corleone, right? Which I just want to just call you Michael Corleone. You can do that. So great, Michael Corleone, right? Coming in from San Antonio. Our Spurs writer, but you know, we're talking about the West, allegedly. And over in the corner, he's in the corner where he belongs. Our Texas man extraordinaire wearing a shirt that says Texas Forever is banned. On McMahon. brand. I got Texas blood as thick as mud. I'm Dan McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, Dave, you moved to the Western Conference. Yeah, came back. Six years with the West, fourth East, back to the West. Felt, it felt like six in the <laughs> last season. Felt like six. Um, so, what are you expecting from your from your move back west here? Uh, I'm expecting to see a lot of celebrities at Staples Center, perhaps even some from my favorite television shows, which is always a nice little perk of the job. Uh, but no, for <sighs> real, I, I expect a wild season for the Lakers, not unlike. The Miami Heat's first season together with the big three, not unlike the 2014-2015 Cavaliers. I that was that was a fun ride when they were 19 and 20. I mean, not unlike last season's Cavaliers, really, with a team that right. was kind of thrown together. If the Lakers work, are as good as last season's Cavs, they'll be doing backflips down Figueroa. Well, last season's Cavs weren't real good before the trade deadline, though. They're going to be better That's than the Lakers. Sure, but at least there was some thread of familiarity in that locker room, as much they had so much turnover from 2017 to 2018, there was some threat of familiarity. This Lakers group is like going to a bus stop, grabbing all the people waiting for the bus, giving them all the same uniform, and say, okay, now play together. I mean, the familiarity is with the, the baby Lakers, the, the young kids. And then, uh, to me, obviously, there's all kinds of questions, you know, with how does Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, you know, Rajon Rondo, you know, all these Michael Beasley, all these characters who are kind of, like you said, the, the bus stop guys right. kind of – fit in here but uh, what's going to be really fascinating to me is how do the guys who are kind of the the young core the Lakers were sort of building around fit with LeBron and will it be a long-term fit or are some of these guys who obviously are are trade assets moved at some point during the season or how many different teammates you think LeBron I, I don't I think the numbers are in the in the eight year run 
I think he's had like over 60 teammates. That sounds about right. Yeah. So you should tell the Lakers guys that. Rent. Yeah. Plus you catch all of them, almost all of them are on one year contracts. Like, yeah. Oakwood temporary housing <laughs> apartments. Go looking at that. I mean, that's, that's where you're hanging out these days. <laughs> I've, I have stayed in there before when I first moved to LA in 20, 2008, but I, I think there is a reason for optimism outside of LeBron James. And that is the need from everyone in the organization top down, which much like the Cavs in 14, 15 to make this work. Because if it doesn't, people get traded, people lose their job. There's a motivation there. If you like Los Angeles, do everything you can to stay in Los Angeles. Yeah, but the difference between I, I and I know we're going to be hearing comparisons between the Heat and the Cavs, Cavs fourteen, Heat ten. Right. Those teams were loaded. Mm-hmm. Granted, there was inf- unfamiliarity. Those were championship level talent teams. Right, they were they're proven all stars in their prime next to the ball for sure, sure. And that is not the case well, now. They had two players. I mean, beyond that, they weren't loaded. An old Sean Marion, an old Brendan Haywood. An old Mike Miller. I mean, 14, 15 Cavs were not loaded. Well, when you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love right. plus LeBron, I well, mean, there, there's, there, like you said, there's a proven right. in their prime. Excuse me, sir. Matthew Delvadova is on that team. There you go. There you go. Um, I well, just, well, they're really this one that they are counting on their recent high lottery picks to, to make leaps. But then the question and is. And that may not be wrong. That, that may happen. But, you know, with Brandon Ingram, who definitely made drastic improvement last mm-hmm. year, and you could see glimpses of had a great second half. A star potential, he's really been at his best as a point forward. How, how does that fit with the best point forward well, we've ever seen? Dave, let's just, let's just, let's just be real clear here. Who are the Lakers' five best players? Let's LeBron, start with number one. LeBron, LeBron, Ingram. Okay. Keep going. Then I go Kuzma. Okay. Then I go Lonzo. Okay. And then maybe Rondo. I go Lance Stevenson. Yeah. Over Rondo? Oh. Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Michael? I would go Rondo, but that's just me. And I'd uh, say Josh Hart over Lance Stevenson. Okay, but my point is there, we we have no center in that mix, and we only have reluctant power forwards. Well, there aren't many teams out there with a center in their top five players on their roster. Oh, I mean, hey, they do I don't know a, about that. They, Most I mean, of them play in the West. Hold on. They do have a two-time champion center. More than That's 10 true. out of 30 teams <laughs> in the league have one of their five best well, players just, being a center? Let's just think of an average week in the Western Conference, okay? I'm not even talking about, you know, opening week where they load up the games. Let's say, and I don't have the Lakers schedule in front of me, but let's just take an average week in the West. Let's say you play um, Utah on Tuesday, Denver on Thursday, that's a standard road trip, and you play Oklahoma City on Saturday. Um, those are all playoff contenders. Those are not, the, none of those teams in my mind are the top three in the West. Correct. Well, Utah and Oklahoma City are. No, they're the top two. Okay. Utah could be, but yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, Houston with Capella, Steven Adams, Rudy Gobert, um, I mean, not that, you know, Jokic, Jokic, yeah. Jokic obviously. Hell, Nurkic is going to play a lot, you know, for if you play Portland. You know, eventually you might have to play the Warriors with DeMarcus. Hell, who's going to guard DeAndre Ayton? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, if you want to, mm-hmm. you know, call him what he is, which is. That's which just, is a a, we're just, we're just talking about hanging out in the West here. Sure. Marcus Saul. 
But I mean, you have. No, I'm not saying Javale McGee's the answer to everything, but he but, can play 25. But, minutes. I know, but what I'm saying oh. is, for you to put your best guys on the floor for right, the Lakers, right. you're going to sure. um, I think, but you know, I also think it's just, just to be fair. I don't think we should look at the Lakers roster today and say this is the team. Agreed. Because mm-hmm. we saw that change with the Cavs, mm-hmm. and we saw the change with. And I don't know. By the time this podcast app runs, I mean. Jimmy Butler could be a Laker. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm not ruling anything out. All right, let's um, let's move to some of the other high-profile teams. Um, let's go up the coast to, to Golden State. Um, you know, they they lost some. You know, they, they retrofitted their bench a little bit because some of their guys retired. But essentially, this is the same team coming back, plus Demarcus Cousins. Yeah, they and, they swapped out Zaza and Javale McGee and got. Coming off an Achilles, Demarcus right, Cousins, right. but still boogie. Right, um, Nick Young's out the door. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, their core is back. Um, the Cavs are no longer a factor. Not that they were having much problem with the Cavs, mm-hmm. but the Cavs are no longer a factor. The Rockets are a little bit weakened. We'll talk about them in a second. It's a good time to be the Warriors, man. I mean, you know, I know that we're talking about intrigue in the West, but their their grip on things only got tighter as far as I'm concerned. I agree with you, but I think for me, the factor with them is, you know, does this become old hat at some point? I mean, you know, it, to me, it would be hard to, to maintain that edge, you know, with given all the success they've had. And, you know, I think the Rockets being what they are sort of, kind of stokes their fire, stokes, stokes that motivation to keep on, you know, winning championships. And Kawhi left, by the way, too. Yeah, that, yeah. Too, that helps. Mm-hmm. And, and, that helps. And look, Michael, real quick, real quick, 30-second th- timeout. Do you think if Kawhi hadn't sprained his ankle on Zaza's foot, do you honestly think that the Spurs could have won that series? Oh, that's a good one. Two years ago. Yes, I know. 2016-17. I think they had a legit shot. I know the Spurs went into it feeling like they could compete. They, they didn't go into it like, you know, hey, we're going to lay down and let them roll over us but you know what i think part of the spurs felt they didn't have a shot if you remember that that pregame presser were you there no well you know how pop when he gets to joking around everything's funny everything's a joke to me that that told me he was saying we have no shot but i think over the course of that game that first well, half if they had gone like, up 1-0 they had a felt yeah, pretty right right they're they're up 20 up, in the third yes four. they're up 20 yeah, and he's like oh we had a chance and then the next thing you know it becomes outraged the next mm-hmm. day you know when he's mad at jaja so I, you know, that's a tough one for me. I don't, I personally don't think they really had much of a shot. We'll never know. But to your point about the Warriors getting complacent, it is a concern. Obviously, Steve Kerr talked about it all year last year. Uh, in a weird way, I kind of think getting DeMarcus might yeah. help with that because even if he's not playing, just his presence around the team and they will rally around his recovery – Potentially could shake things up a little bit. Well, and, and like, let's say he comes back in January or December or whatever, that'll shake things up. Well, and it gives them a challenge. And, you know, how do you, how does this historically dominant team incorporate another potentially dominant player, you know? And last year, as great as the Rockets were, you could argue that the, uh, toughest opponent for the Warriors during the regular season was boredom. Mm-hmm. Well, there ain't right. going to be boredom. With, like you said, with, with Boogie and, Boogie the, and, and the recovery story. <laughs> yeah. Bo- yeah. Boogie's going to provide some, some, some intrigue and some entertainment. And then when he comes back, he provides a challenge that I think might 
solve their boredom problem. So you're saying next February Steve won't be handing over his clipboard in the huddles? And well, I tell you what, if you want call? the opposite of boredom, hand that clipboard over to Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> Post up. Drop five. Um, so to, to move over to another uh, com- a competitor, uh, your team, McMahon. Uh, the Rockets. Um, our team. One of his teams. Oh. Yeah, it's it's ours. Yeah, there we go. Oh. We're sharing it. Well, we can keep him at my house. <laughs> That's fine because I got a little ass apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Michael Wright, you'll be doing Rocket stuff this year. What a you know. I guess we don't see the Spurs as title contenders anymore. I guess they not. just got an All Star. Right, you know? right, right. But you know, this is the thing. They're going to be better than people think. They, they. I mean, how many games did they win last year? 47. What's your over-under, McMahon? The Spurs over-under is 45 games. And they won, to his point, 47. They won 47. without Kawhi. Without Kawhi. He played an all-star right? DeMar yes. DeRozan. Yes. And they got DeMar DeRozan. Yes. And a guy who, a young, recent lottery pick who'd been a quality backup big man. Yes. But they also lost Tony Parker and Kyle Anderson. But what were they and, giving you? And yeah, Ginobili. what were they giving you while they were right. Ginobili. I mean, yeah. Yeah, G- Ginobili is a loss. Danny Green yeah. lost Danny yeah, Green. And Danny Green. But Danny Green, same but, thing. But I'm True. saying, like, they won 47 games last year? Yes. I could see a scenario where they won more games this year. I definitely could. Just from talking to people who've been to the open gyms, stuff like that, and the things I'm hearing. DeMar DeRozan is a really good player. I'm not saying that he's going to lead you to the promised land. I think that's been proven. That's not going to yeah. happen. But DeMar DeRozan is a good player. But he and, can lead you to the playoffs, And DeMar sure. DeRozan, mm-hmm. general, he was injured. He missed some games two years ago. But he's been generally healthy. You know, you, you, you can probably fairly assume that he's going to give you 75-plus games. For sure. And you can assume that he is going to score. The man will score. Right. So I, I actually, even though I think that the Spurs are probably farther away from winning a championship, mm-hmm. the concept that they're going to wilt away, I just don't think yeah, is they're going to be a better team. I think than people are expecting. And I'm, uh, let me say it right now. I'll be the guy to, to say it right now. This year, I think will be Dejounte Murray's coming out party. You know, hey, everybody, they talk about his potential. I mean, this guy, he's got the the wingspan. He's got the defense. But he has no J. But I'm hearing that he's dropping threes at open gyms like it's nothing. Like Chip England is, is singing this guy's praises these Ooh, days. Well, and, you know, in our NBA rank, um, Lonzo ranked higher than DeJounte in our NBA but rank. Not, but yes. not, by much. not by much. He's in the 60s. I'm just saying, I think DeJounte Murray is an underrated player. I think, yeah, so I think there's a lot of sim- – now, look, Lonzo's got very special vision. Yep. But – I, he's not on DeJounte Murray's level in terms That's of athleticism. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even commenting on Lonzo as much as I'm commenting on don't sleep on DeJounte Murray, who I think has a chance to be he's going to, a yeah. really impactful player. And, you know, the Spurs are excited about their other young players. You're excited about Derek White. They're excited yes. about this guy they drafted. Um, Lonnie Walker. Uh, Lonnie Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if you can count on rookies at this point. Derek White, I think, is a second-year player. But... I just think I, 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 you know, I, I like that over for the Spurs. I, I, I put it this way: I wouldn't bet on their playoff streak ending. I think what it would be now twenty two straight years if they make it this year. 22. I think I think that thing keeps rolling. 
And to do that, I think they're going to have to win more than 45 games. What about games. the Lakers' non-playoff streak? The Lakers are making the playoffs. Yeah, it ends L- at five. Let me tell you something. LeBron I and know, us I four know. would make the playoffs <laughs> even in the West. Okay. All right. Uh, but b- back to the Rockets. Um, and well, I mean, I'm pretty good. I but. pulled my calf the last two straight weeks when I tried to play. <laughs> Dave so. is limping on a yeah. bad. Oh, you have, oh, it happened twice. You came back, back to back too weeks. Early. I came, came back, back too early. early. Yeah. Also, he's got a bloodshot eye yeah, right now because he from getting poked in the eye. So man. that's what he says. Mm. I was wondering what that was about, but I didn't uh, want to ask. You know, mm. Basketball injuries happen, man. He's probably been hanging. Well, I'm, I'll tell you something. Mm. If um, McMahon, if you these. started, if you missed a couple of threes. Oh, I'm gonna miss some threes. LeBron, you're gonna get the evil eye from LeBron. Especially if we got to run. If we got to run full court. You know, go I'm, ask Kevin I'm missing Love. every three. Go ask Kevin Love how it goes. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people focus on the guys that the Rockets lost, and that's fair. But they did re-sign Chris Paul and, and Clint Capella, Yeah, which I knew that Paul wasn't going anywhere, and they had Capella uh, restricted. It wasn't like that's a stunner. But they did keep them. They have their their core, you know, their top four players from last year, if you include James Harden and who just? I mean, I would say Eric Gordon is their favorite. Uh, and and I, you could even argue PJ Tucker, their top five players okay, back. So they have PJ Tucker is kind of the heart and soul. So they have top now. five best players back. You know, they there are some other. You know, they, they add some guys to the roster. Some of them may work out. Like I don't, like I don't know if James Ennis will work out. But if he doesn't work out, somebody else. They, they, they feel like dollar for dollar. That Carmelo Anthony, that James Ennis. Well, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the sense I get is they do not feel like James Ennis is a drastic drop off from uh, Trevor Ariza, who got fifteen million compared to Ennis on a minimum deal. But let's let's get right to the mellow thing. Mm-hmm. That's the question with the Rockets. Does Carmelo Anthony help or hurt the Rockets? They are going. They are a proven historically elite offensive team. They were before last season. They got a little bit better last season. Let's be optimistic and say Team USA Mellow shows up and makes them even just a little bit better offensively. The question is, and now with their defensive guru retiring Jeff Bezdelic, losing Luke Mbamute, Ariza, the coach retiring, how drastically do they drop off defensively? Because that's where they made the major jump last year. They went in defensive efficiency from 18th, you know, mediocre, mm-hmm. to very good, to 6th. If they drop back to mediocre defensively, does that basically forfeit any chance they have well, it might, uh, of it contending? Forfeit, it may forfeit their chance of the number one seed. And look, contending, do we mean do they have a chance to challenge the Warriors, which right. you know, well, they'll say they Right, well, this is sort of a double conversation because – one of the reasons Ariza and Mbamute were so valuable is because they were so good against the Warriors. Of course, yes. Mbamute, because of the shoulder and then, you know, the confidence coming off or the recovery of it was complete. They couldn't play him in that series. But still, the whole defensive improvement was based on this switchability scheme. Right. And ha- what happened to Melo in the playoffs last year? The Jazz hunted him, hunted him, hunted that, him, and played saying. him Let, right off the floor. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's a double conversation. One conversation is. The first 82 games. Right. You know, I think there's going to be – the Rockets are going to have nights where they just sail along, blow teams right out of the Toyota Center. Everybody's smiling and happy. But Melo is one of the worst defenders in the league. Yeah. What is he go- – how is he going to react to being 
the sixth man. Well, that's, and, and, that's and that's compelling that's to me. the big conversation to start things is, number one, do they declare he's coming off the bench? Do they make it some kind of competitive I mean, they thing? Had to have, they had to have had an understanding before he signed. Well, and they haven't been, they haven't been firm on that. It's going to be very interesting to see how they handle those questions. And then, to me, it's not only is he starting, perhaps more importantly, and he didn't handle not finishing in the playoffs with the with the uh, Thunder very well. But, again, you know, if you're up five points and there's two minutes left, do you want Carmelo Anthony out there for the other team to hunt possession after possession after possession wearing a neon bullseye on him? A neon hood. Well, the question is, though, those are all fair questions to ask, especially because we considered Carmelo as a certain type of player for so long. But he's in there at the vet minimum. I mean, isn't that worth it for the money you save? Because of the, what are your better options at this point? The, 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 the argument is the better option would have been paying Luke Mbamute the four point what was it four point three he got from the Clippers and, and keeping a guy who absolutely knew his role mm-hmm. was a valuable defensive stopper off the bench. Um, you know, didn't didn't need the ball offensively. Was a decent three point shooter. You know, you're paying minimum versus four point three luxury tax. It's it's a lot more expensive, mm-hmm. but that that's the argument. And Bob Mute, I would argue, had more value to the Rockets than Mello would. Daryl Morey didn't feel that way. Chris Paul didn't feel that way, and so you know, Mello's they, there. You know, they, they have a couple other things. You know, they got Brandon Knight. I don't. He's a full year off the. He's over a year off the torn ACL because mm-hmm. he had it in the summer last year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he Michael Carter Williams. Look, they needed too. depth. So, they needed so, depth at point guard because Chris Paul is not an eighty-two right. game. You got to manage Chris Paul throughout the regular season to give him maximum the maximum chance of being healthy for a whole playoff run, right. which obviously has been a problem for him. So I think Houston's going to be. I still think they're going to be really, really good. And I still, and my guess is one of those guys, whether it's Mello, whether it's Brandon Knight, whether it's James Ennis, one of those guys, you know, Gerald Green, one of those guys will have a great year because that's what happens on D'Antoni teams. Yeah. Will where's, that matter? Where's the lowest they drop? Third, in your opinion? I, I think, think they're going to we'll win. It, yeah. I think they're going to win a ton of games. I just don't know if they're going to be a more serious. Do you think they win sixty five like last season? No. Okay. No, I think they got worse. They got worse, but, but I don't think they're going to win fifty two. I think no, they're probably. I agree. Um, what about Utah? That's another one of your teams, McMahon. Uh, look, they they are obviously betting on internal development. They pride themselves. They basically as, brought their entire team back. They, yeah, they, they re-signed they, favors. Um, and and look, why wouldn't you want continuity when you right. finish a season twenty nine and six? You you know get past uh, really convincingly beat OKC in the first round weren't that competitive against the Rockets but Rubio didn't play in that series um, you know they're hoping Donovan Mitchell who obviously way exceeded expectations can take a significant jump uh, during his sophomore year I mean it, it, you know if you look at his numbers as a on um, you know off the dribble jump shooter if if he can make strides there like he did as a finisher last season then. We're talking about you know the first of many 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 all star. Well, Donovan appearances. Mitchell in the playoffs last year was, I mean, I argue that he was a top ten player in the playoffs in the NBA. Oh, and and Kone's factor is completely proven at this point. Like he had <laughs> no multiple twenty point playoff quarters. Quarters, That's yes, quarters. incredible. Um, you know, Dante Exum's a wild card, and and a lot of people kind of got, got quite a bit of money. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of that's incentive based. You know, essentially they gave him a three year mid level deal plus incentives. Um, but you know, that's a guy who's a f- 
number five overall pick, you know, long, really athletic. Injuries have completely derailed his development. Has you've seen little flashes and glimpses, and if he can stay healthy, you know, they feel like that's well, a, they, that's a big. Gobert piece. missed how many? Gobert missed a lot of games. Gobert missed uh, what was it, about twenty? I think it was twenty six games, and it was two stretches, two different. Injuries, the calf and then again, injury like McMahon, and what was the other one? No, no, no. It was it was, uh, it was two different knees. <laughs> oh, his knees. Okay. Um, but again, when he got back, I said chipped McMahon, off I a little bit. Uh, of you know, too many mix. There you go. Hey, be careful now. <laughs> when he got back, he chipped off a little bit of rust for a couple games, and then boom, twenty nine and six. And as great as Donovan Mitchell was, Rudy Gobert guarantees that you will be an elite defensive team. Yep. And I think he is a really underrated offensive player. Also, I Obviously, he's a complimentary Also, I think they've got one of the best coaches in the league. Oh, no question. And so, great role players. I mean, Joe Ingles is a great role player. Favors yeah. has accepted uh, his role. Jay Crowder obviously fit much better there uh, they, than he they, did They in could sneak into the, to the, to the two-seed. Yeah. I, 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 I think they're definitely a home-court advantage team. And if the Rockets slip... And, you know, they, the Jazz can, can stay healthy, which has been a problem for them. And, you know, some of their young players, Royce O'Neal, an- another one, uh, you know, make strides. I, I think they could be a f- mid fifties win team. So as I look at the West, okay, I've got Golden State and Houston sort of as the sort of super elite there. You put the Jazz at the lead of the rest of the pack? Yeah. And I think you have to because they spanked about? OKC in the, in the, in the first round last year and OKC's. So I what, think that's the next team that yeah, comes to mind. Okay, with me, they're in that same next grouping for me. Yeah, um, they had their moments last year where they were tremendous defensively, and then Roberson got hurt. That was huge. And who would have ever thought that Roberson would have been that valuable? Um, so, uh, you know, they the, the Dennis Schroeder thing. There's a, it's hard to know exactly how that's going to work out, um, but. There's no question that Schroeder is a talented player and in some ways could help them. Especially if he really embraces that six-man role that used to be that Reggie Jackson role. Um, And let's be honest, now that Russ is coming off this knee surgery, maybe Schroeder's role, especially early in the season – is much more significant yeah, than anybody the, anticipated. The knee surgery with Russ was a little, they haven't exactly made it a hundred percent clear uh, what, what what the story was. Although it's the same knee he's had multiple surgeries on. The scope, right? Just like, yeah, and you know, I mean, you guys, anybody's listening to this podcast knows that I just don't believe in minor knee surgery. I just don't think there's such a thing. No. The, the, I mean, the organization just gets a breath of fresh air, or I guess wind in their sails. Better way to put it: uh, the fact that Paul George is back there under a new deal. Grant's back there on a new deal. Like when you get a new deal, life is better. Well, and for Paul George, the fact that there was never any question, free agency with Paul George wasn't a recruitment process. It was a, it literally, it was a party. It was a party. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, they yeah. threw a big old party. We were watching the video last <laughs> night. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that, that sort of slid under the radar is that Roberson had to have a follow up surgery. So I'm not 100% sure where Roberson's going to be. But. Shout out to his uncle, by the way. His uncle Vic is my barber. Okay, is that right? yeah. So I get all the the Roberson scoops from from my barber. Man, it's great. Really, he can't fill in on the corners a little bit somehow. Name <laughs> <laughs> your sources. Name your sources. Damn, damn. This is a podcast. I but I mean, show. I will say this: I was talking to Law Mary, one of our ESPN.com editors. Patella injuries. Name a guy who's come back strong from one. It's hard to do. 
I mean, and, big. It's affected yeah. big men. Andrew Bynum, Greg Oden. Yeah, um, I mean, Karam Butler was never right. the same. Now he was further along in his sure. career, but that was a hellacious moment when mm. he went down. The I mean, Bynum. Yeah. No. Yeah, Bynum. Yes. Oh. But yeah, I Butler were walking off the floor and you know in front of a, a hometown crowd. You know. Yeah, no, oh, you're saying Roberson. Wisconsin native. I'm saying Roberson yeah, injury yeah. was just oh, terrible yeah, that's, to watch. I'm just saying, like we none know of those patellas are fun to watch. Right. Those are well, I watched. I suppose Sean Livingston would that would count as a patella because every single part of his knee. Yeah. Well, I was at the Garden uh, when Baron Davis ended Baron Davis's career. He blew his right. patella on yeah. the court. So, yeah. but yeah, it's typically it's been older players. And, and and he's the difference between the Thunder being a good defensive team and a bad defensive team. I mean, it's that simple. He, well, they just struggled so much. And that was another guy that the Rockets picked up, Corey Brewer. Who I'll, who I'll say, you know, that guy could help him too every now and then. But they struggled so much to replace him, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, so, uh, a team that was really hot last year, I covered them in the playoffs a little bit and they just blew me away how awesome they looked was the Pelicans. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, although, boy, they had a, they had some significant losses. Yeah. Right. So, so like on one hand, um, they had three players in the top fifty in our rank. Ameritich made snuck in yeah, the top snuck fifty. In 50. <laughs> and they were and look, they were great after they got him. He and they really had you know, they well. had a vision about how they were gonna play. You mm-hmm. know, a gentry got him playing up tempo. They defended like like uh Banshees on the perimeter and Anthony Davis back there playing alongside Miritich. I mean it spread the floor, it just set him up really nicely. Um, you know, they come in with a lot of momentum, but mm-hmm. obviously Okay, Boogie, you know, they made a business decision on Boogie. Yeah. I get it. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of their role players changed out. And, you know, they they just signed Jared Jack. But, um, you know, they're relying on Alfred Payton. The, going from Rajon Rondo to Alfred Payton to me, from a uh, leadership and basketball IQ standpoint, Rondo was such a critical part, really an, an extension of – the coaching staff. Well, Peyton's really never done anything. Right. And a guy, all those young guys trusted. And it's funny because, you know, I obviously covered Rondo in Dallas and one of the, him and Rick Carlisle clashed about everything, but one of them was Rondo wouldn't play as up tempo as Rick wanted. Whereas last year in New Orleans, Rondo was the guy who really got them running. Great rebounder. Great, uh, and not, not put, just pushing the ball, but making the pass ahead. You know, with Drew Holiday in the backcourt with him, that worked out so much better than I anticipated. Drew Holiday in the playoffs awesome. against Portland proved, like, look, he is legit one of the best he, two-way guards in the league. He was phenomenal. Well, he's great defensively the entire season, but he was really good against the Blazers. Um, they go out and get Julius Randle. I don't know about that fit. They took advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. It was a bad market for restricted free agents. The Lakers were clearing cap space. They got Randall for a lot less than Randall probably ever thought he'd play for. So they, I think from a value standpoint, they did well. You know, fit. Dell Demps and his staff, you know, they've done a good job on player personnel the last couple of years. Like the, the Rondo move ended up being a great move. The Miracich trade was arguably the best in season trade last year. Mm -hmm. It's a brilliant trade. Mm -hmm. So. These guys kind of know what, like, I, I kind of am going to defer to that front office. They're kind of on a winning streak. I, I like the Randall fit with him coming off the bench because I think ultimately that's what he is. He's a bucket-getting sixth man. He can he can be that undersized center playing with Miritich yeah. stretching the floor, or he can play with with uh, with Davis and Davis, you know, who prefers to be a power forward anyway, can can play power forward with him. 
I feel like they've got three guys at that four or five position. They've got a superstar, a really good player in, in Miritich, and like I said, you know, a, a f- obviously flawed defensively guy in Randall, but a they're, bucket getting, rebounding, getting sixth man now. And they're, that, they're just a hard team to kind of plug. Could they finish third or fourth? I mean, what's their over under? 46. Yeah, and again, to me, going from Rondo to Peyton, yeah. that that's a big one. That is a big one. That yeah. that that's a, a, a look, Peyton is well on his way to becoming a a journeyman. And you could say the same about Rondo, but Rondo <laughs> he's fit, kind of a journeyman now. He's played for three teams in the last year. Right. Rondo fits so well in New Orleans and I think was just so important to uh really boosting the confidence of some of those guys around him just because they felt so prepared. They felt like they, you know, had a major advantage in terms of, of intelligence on the floor with him. And we haven't even mentioned Drew Holiday yet, who was the second best player in the playoffs and the impact on not having a Rondo as a teammate. And whether that was minutes, whether that was what he learned from him as a professional and can he replicate that super high level basketball he's ne- he'd really never done in the NBA they, before? They they were just playing so well at the end of the season, so so well. It was I, I, I I've seen this kind of happen in the past, and teams try to carry it over. And yeah, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Well, so, Western so, Conference pod, but that's the Sixers. That's the yeah. question about the Sixers. I mean, they were playing so well, they were playing so fast and and so fun. When they got Miritich, it just freed them up to yep. play the kind of basketball. That Alvin Gentry is. And the is funny always thing is, play. you know, part of the deal was on Miritich, you know, was whether to guarantee that that's that this year of the yeah. contract, and, and they a, sort of went back and forth on that, and like they decided real quick, boy, it's a good thing we guaranteed <laughs> it. We didn't want to have to sign him. So the team that they beat in the playoffs, the the Blazers, um, you know, on one hand they finished third. Now, yeah. now, now being third in the West last year wasn't like because what was the spread between third and eighth? Like, what was oh, it? Like, uh, a game, two games? Yeah, it was it was very close. It was, yeah. So it wasn't Raised like it oh my god they they finished you know you know they were at like the, the photo finish, but hell they were third, and. Um, they, in my mind, did not get better this offseason. No, and they're very, they're a very trendy pick to fall out of the playoffs. I mean, they lost Ed yep. Davis. Other than that, they're pretty static, right? Yeah, they re-signed Nurkic right. to, uh, you know, a decent deal. It wasn't Myers Leonard money. Yeah, I just but, wonder uh, if it's time to, you know, next offseason. Is it, is it finally time to just break that team up? Well, like, it's no secret that everybody's keeping an eye on Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. we, so you know, there's we we have a handful of. Stars that potentially could be changing teams next year as free agents, and you know, I think I think right now, and again, by the time this pod runs, there could be changes in Minnesota. But I think people are watching Carl Anthony Towns, mm-hmm. and I think they're watching Damian Lillard. Right, now, Towns slash Butler, like obviously, may, yeah, they're, they're, that, that Minnesota ain't big enough for right. both of them. But like, maybe everything will be fine. Maybe. The Blazers will be fine, and Lillard will be happy. And by the way, Lillard, I think, has three years left on his contract. He doesn't have a lot of. If he wants to try to force his way, he doesn't have a lot of, you know. Right, but he also had the midseason meeting with Paul Allen, really? which is something that doesn't happen up there. So um, that's a team to that's yeah. a team to watch um, to see what happens. I mean, they they they're still they're obviously still pretty talented, but they're not. You know, th- this was a summer where you hope they would have gotten better, and I don't feel. Like well, and they better. also have to deal with the fallout of getting swept again. In the playoffs. And this yeah. wasn't the Warriors they got swept by. This was the yeah. people were surprised they made the playoffs Pelicans. You know? And not and that's not taking away th- 
for the Pelicans, obviously, were playing really, really good basketball. They just totally but outclassed them. Totally again, they just them. completely dominated. And it's that amazing, series. you know, you you play so hard for so long, and you, you know, they ended up having a good finish because they finished third, and then like you have a bad week and it changes your entire outlook. So if they're ripe to fall out, or let's potentially they could fall out, and we're saying the Lakers are going to make it. Who's is that the Lake. only thing? That the only change? We nuggets. Nuggets, nuggets over yep. the, so the, the nuggets over the team turmoil Timberwolves. Over Timberwolves. So the Nuggets, um, they had a relatively active off season, although they didn't change their core that much. But they added a whole bunch of money to their payroll, and so they had to offload money. So they 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 dumped uh, Wilson Chandler, who is a serviceable player, but mm-hmm. you know, but. Um, uh, on some of the rankings, uh, not just our rankings, but SI's rankings and some other rankings, Jamal Murray is way up there. Mm-hmm. And obviously Gary Harris is already. So you look at Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. I mean, that's a pretty good perimeter right there. Then you and, go Millsap, who missed a lot of time last right, year, who's right. really talented getting older. But right, really and obviously, obviously Jokic is yeah. Yeah. one of the yep. – most productive players. There's defensive deficiencies, and he's That's not necessarily kind. always then, on the same page. I <laughs> got Will Barton starting, right? With that five, and you know, Will has his limitations in some sense, but he's also a great scorer and really good in the open court. Yeah, and it, I think it's can be dangerous to kind of assume uh, production and or, or improvement and development mm-hmm. from young players, but that's a that's an all you know that, that's a baby core with right. Jokic. Yep. Uh, Gary Harris and Jamal Murray. I mean, you know, they, tell me, tell me, a team has got three better under twenty five players? Probably Boston, but outside, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a short list. Right, is my right. point. But I, you know, yeah, Boston's got like eight better under twenty. Yeah. There's also it's not, you know Mike Malone is on the last year of his contract, and there's some expectation there. I mean, yeah. and like uh, this is a team that is not known for wanting to spend money. Okay, mm-hmm. putting it kindly, and they have now invested a lot of money, so they are expecting. This to transition from a team of uh, expectation to a team of reality, a team. Of yeah, delivery. right. They have steadily improved, but then to not make when you got to win or get in game last game in the regular season and you don't make the playoffs. Uh, it was a great game, though. I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't it like was, they got blown fun. out. I mean, it went to overtime. Right, but it, it it's it's a playoffs or bust season to, to to say the least for the Nuggets. It's also a maybe career bust season for Isaiah Thomas. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. And that's going to be a fascinating mm-hmm. dynamic. Yeah. You know, can he be – to me, at this point, the hope for him is he's Nick Van Exel. You know, he is that – That ain't bad. That mm-hmm. gunner – and he's left-handed too, so it's, right. now he's about – I don't know. Van Exel played for the Nuggets. Yes, he, he did. did. <laughs> um, but can he be that big cojones bucket getter off the bench? Well, he's got cojones. No question. he's still a bucket getter. I mean, remember – he had surgery. Yeah. So um, he did – you know, I, I watched him work out a little bit in the uh, at Team USA. He didn't play, mm-hmm. but he was working out afterwards. And that was in July, late July. It's a while ago, but he was not ready for prime time at that time. So um, we'll see. I mean, not only is he dealing with the hip issue, but he's now dealing with the surgery. So he's very confident, but the problem is he doesn't have any credibility on this because he was very confident last year. I was going to say confidence has never been the issue. Yeah, but, you know, so – but, you know, they got him on the minimum, you know. Um, it is what he is. I mean, you know, I think if he – look, when you got a minimum player, if the guy helps you win – It's a bargain. Three or four games in the regular season and yeah. one playoff game, okay, he is delivered on. I mean, we're talking about the – it's the same thing I talk sure. about Carmelo. They're paying him the minimum. I mean, yes, they'd like Carmelo – 
to be a contributor who helps them uh, significantly. But at the end of the day, you're paying the minimum for a reason. With 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 few exceptions, when a guy's on a minimum, he's on a minimum because you know nobody else wants to give him right. But money. every year, there's guys on minimums who greatly for outperform. Sure. It. Jeff Green won a game or helped win a game seven in Boston for the Cavs last year on a minimum. Yeah, seven. and and. Completely verified his yep. contract. Now, it now, was Game Seven. Yep. Now, interestingly, though, interestingly, a lot of times Jeff Green being an example, you know, you'll see these vets who have accomplished something who are minimums. Carmelo Anthony, they are minimums to contenders because they're ring hunting. You know, while the Nuggets certainly expect to contend for a playoff spot, this is—he's on a minimum to Denver because there weren't any other teams mm-hmm. dangling That's minimum true. offers. That's for very it. true. So let's go through a couple of other teams. Um, uh, we'll end with Minnesota, but let's uh, – your Mavericks, uh, McMahon, um, obviously made the major move for Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally got DeAndre Jordan a few Finally got later. DeAndre Jordan <laughs> um, for less money on a, on a make good kind but, of. But still, especially in this market, a lot of money, 23 mil. Yeah, yeah. But who else are they going to give it to? Right. And, um, and so, you know, it, it's there's two goals develop the foundation for the future and be competitive in what's probably Dirk's last season. And, and DeAndre kind of fits both of those because you, you wanted that, you want to have that, uh, lob threat to kind of maximize the development of Luka Doncic and, and Dennis Smith Jr. And look, Luka, his arrive, I, what I've been told is, you know, he, he's, and, uh, you know, our guy, Mike Schmitz will, will be the first to tell you this. You know, he's kind of a a classic Euro conditioning guy, which means none at all. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he doesn't eat great. You know, he enjoys life. Um, Is he like an 80s Euro guy? Does he smoke cigarettes? I don't believe he smokes. Um, But he wasn't in Dallas from, you know, the time they left for Vegas for Summer League, which he didn't play in because they wanted to give him a rest after winning all those Euro championships a long season. And then he didn't get back until after Labor Day. Got back, wasn't in great shape by NBA standards, and was dominating pickup games. I mean, you know, they say they well, the guy re- knows how to play. They truly, that's not a question. They true, truly believe in terms of passing forwards in the league. There's LeBron and probably Luca. Wow, you know, like, like they think he's that special okay. of a passer. They so, think he's an let above me just average say something shooter. Though. Even the greatest rookies ever, they don't always impact wins. Right, but. Like Donovan Mitchell is an outlier in that regard. No question. True. So, but even he, like the Jazz had a really good team. But you know he's an NBA rookie. He's a seasoned professional. Okay, I'm just saying that. What's their over under? Their over under is thirty four and a half, which happens to be the exact same as the Memphis Grizzlies, which is interesting to me because if if I was going to choose either roster, I'd go Dallas. I would by too. a landslide. Well, well I go and, Dallas because Dallas has young guys you like. I'm right. not, yeah, even in this tonight. season. Oh, you like Jaron Jackson Jr. And and look, is, does Conley stay healthy? Does Gasol stay right. healthy? I mean, you know, I thought the Grizzlies had a nice off season because I think Jaron Jackson is going to be a guy who helps him right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's he's got NBA ready skills. He's a big who defends and he can stretch. Where was that at Michigan the pro- State? The problem is he has to play the four. Well, he got a body, starting lineup there. He, he disappeared on the court. I know you don't watch a lot of college basketball, but. Well, I watched video on him, and I can see his the skills okay. that he translates. I'm not saying he's going to go out and average 18 and 12, mm-hmm. but I think he will help them win games starting from the start. Okay, um, they made a couple of nice Kyle moves. Anderson. That's a they starting stole caliber. Garrett Temple nice because one, yeah. we're not even going to talk about the Kings because they're 
off season was so bewildering, and their their pick is owed to the Celtics. Unless their last two one. decades have been so bewildering. I know, but even especially so. But they got Garrett Temple. Uh, what do you think about Kyle Anderson? He's a he's a really sneaky good player. He really is he, because he he does so much that you just you don't happen to see because it's so slow. He is slow. Yeah, no, he's he, so slow. He's a brother with deceptive athleticism, which yes. you don't hear very often. That's true. You know, I joke with him about that all the time. I'm like, what's it like to be an athlete called unathletic your whole career, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and he's like 6'7", with like, like, he's not like 6'1". I mean, he's no. got good size. And right. And he, I mean, he's got a lot of length, which yeah. really helps him on the defensive end, but also the smarts, you know, his intelligence helps him a lot. Oh, I think part of the thing is he's he just got that really slow, ugly jump shot. And that Euro step. Oh. I feel like he ought to be left-handed because he's crafty. Like right, you, right. That's a lefty yeah, word. But yeah. when you look at the Grizzlies, they get Mike Conley back. I talked to Conley at uh, Team USA, and he was not cleared for full contact yet. Uh, seven months off surgery, a little bit, but but mm-hmm. he felt like he was going to be good. I think the optimism is going to be good, and they added what I think are three good role players. So they're going to be a, like they're going to win a lot of games. I don't know if they're going to be a playoff well, team. Here's the problem: but- I think they've got this. If 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 somehow you could get. Memphis and Dallas in the Eastern Conference are contending for playoff yeah, spots. Yeah, in the right. West, they're contending but for like 11th and 12th. I, I think the point is, like, when you look at Memphis, and you look at Memphis as a road game, that's going to be a tough game to win. And Memphis is going to come out West at times, and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to come into places and win. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that they're going to be a team that is going to impact the West, but not necessarily be a, a significant team. I think Dallas feels the same way. Andrew Hahn completely disagrees. Andrew the Hammer Hahn. Uh, my hot take is that Portland and Memphis will both make the playoffs. Whoa. Oh, you wow. love Memphis. Because of why? Uh, Conley and Gasol is pretty much an automatic 42 wins if they're healthy. And then, like you said, I like Jaron Jackson to contribute right away. Okay, well, we'll see. Um, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how Jackson and Gasol fit together because ultimately but, I think Jackson's going to be best playing center. It's a team like Memphis that makes me just have a little bit of a pause with the with when people just say the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. Well, I was going to say, so Han does not, you do not have the Lakers in the playoffs. Correct. Wow. wow. Um, but he's got the Clippers winning 63 games. Too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, where's your, what's the, we haven't Clippers, actually mentioned the Clippers. What's yet. the Clippers over under? It's 35 and a half. Over under, Han. Uh, I oh, go th- under. Excuse me, 36 look at and you. a half. You got to look at the bold. Yeah, the, yeah, the I got current. you. I got you. And by the way, Memphis, you said 30 and a half. They went down. They went down to 33. I was looking at the left. Um, you know the Clippers are again. The Clippers are going to be a team that can that can win any night, but will lose a lot. Are, are the Clippers trying to win? The Clippers are trying to be competitive. They want. I think one of the things that Steve Ballmer has set forth that organization is we want to have good positive seasons, which is which is another way of saying we're not going to tank. So they intend to compete. They intend to try to win. Uh, they know that they don't have premium talent right now. They have big aspirations. For the future, you know, part of their moves with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and everything were to protect. I think Andrew's like fifty million in space next summer. Um, they got rid of Bruce Bowen. They <laughs> added Lee Jenkins. That's right. It's in the transactions. Bruce Bowen gone. <laughs> Lee Jenkins in. Um, so I mean, they have high aspirations, but I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna put their foot down. Also, there's a lot of excitement about Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, and talking about our, our draft guy, Mike Schmitz, he thinks Shea Gilgis-Alexander is going to be a freaking stud. 
Definitely got a great name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I, I do not watch a lot of college basketball. I do. I mean, I am not a, a draft guy. I did watch film on him. You know, uh, I certainly saw some positive stuff. I will yield to the guys who know, but the guys who know say Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to be not only a potential impact rookie and a dark horse for rookie of the year. That's what some of the people think. But could be so good as a rookie that he becomes an instantaneous trade asset that they could – although I don't know why they would trade him right. if they've got the cap space. But the point is um, – Yeah, I know the Cavs really struggled with that decision uh, with Sexton and Alexander. Well, Shea Gilgis-Alexander refused to work out for them. But they liked him. I mean, the guys that right, went off. Right. Jaron really Jackson Jr. Them. refused to work out for Memphis. Right. What are you going to do, sit out the season? Right. Um, all right, let's talk about the Wolves here at the end. Oh, man. Wait, you're not going to say anything about Phoenix? Oh, Phoenix. We did mention Aiton as a good center, but yeah, that's all that's we said. So. Uh, well, you yeah. know, they, they, you know, Dante, or uh, Devin, Dante Booker. Devin Booker, um, uh, has hand surgery and he's, was going to be their point guard. So. Which is interesting in and of itself. There is some interest there. And again, we're dating this podcast a little bit, but uh, they have some interest in Patrick Beverly. If they could acquire him in a way, I don't. Can I say a Devin Booker story without necessarily like knowing all the details? So it's maybe not fair, but I judge this guy because I, I, I love his aggregation. Skillset. Aggregation warning. <laughs> they played in Cleveland last year. It was a Friday night game on ESPN. How many games did the Suns play last year that mattered? Very few, many, right? Yeah. He had, I, I think, hurt his wrist a game or two before the Cavs game. But I watched him go through his full pregame warm up. Had a wrap on his wrist, whatever. He could play. He could play basketball. He has a good chance to play LeBron James, the Cleveland Cavaliers, on the road, great environment, Friday night, national TV game. And from my understanding, it was his call whether he wanted to go or not, and he said no. I'm always going to judge him. I wonder about until that. Until he actually wins. Because, I don't know, and he has been the face of a tanking franchise. Oh, he's the face of it. They gave him a max contract. Yeah. And... I don't know, man. But the thing about it is, like, they've they've got a culture problem there that, you know, Igor, and I'm going to struggle with the pronunciation of his last name, but a guy who did a great job as a jazz assistant coach, did a great job as a Slovenian national teams coach. You know, he's got to come in there. By the way. Yeah. Good job. And he's got to come in there and and change the culture uh, that is completely deteriorated with their tank in the last year. Their reason signing was very interesting. They gave him 15 million bucks. That is not a move for a team that thinks it's it's still tanking, but I don't see they how are. this team. I think if this team finishes eleventh or twelfth, they would have done. A yeah, good you job. say you say they're better than the Kings, and then yeah, we're not going to talk else about the in Kings. the West. The Kings will do well to to not have the worst record, not necessarily because the Hawks are going to be a worse team, but the Kings play in the West. So. Well, the Hawks are trying to lose, and the Kings. Unless they get the number one overall pick, oh yeah, it. <laughs> uh, okay, Minnesota, real quick, uh, McMahon. Phew. I mean, nobody's surprised by. And look, like I said, this is going to be data. There's going to be developments with Jimmy Butler probably by the time this gets published. But I mean, you could see this thing coming for for months. And I, you know, I, I covered the Rockets Timberwolves series. I was. Stunned seeing just how dysfunctional that thing looked. And they felt finally made the close. playoffs. Thirteen years they waited <laughs> for so long, and their momentum. They got the win over Denver. over Denver, and they got to celebrate. And their momentum lasted like two days. And it's yeah. Tibbs guys versus non Tibbs guys, and now the ultimate Tibbs guy, Butler, 
you know, let's see what happens there. He he might be trying to jump off the boat. The thing about is Butler is, is a very valuable player, and he is great for them. Yeah. If they and if they, they lose him, they're going to get worse. Yeah, and they all, the only reason they almost missed the playoffs is because he missed all yes. that time. And he, yeah. he, he rushed back from a surgery. He had a meniscus surgery. He treated it like a 2002 meniscus surgery where he came back like in <laughs> – Four weeks, like uh, uh, yeah. Ron Artest met mm-hmm. a world peace. When he played for the Lakers, it was yeah. less than two weeks. And then had a wrist injury yeah. that he played with for most he of had, that. He had yeah. another surgery in the offseason on his hand or wrist. I can't remember. I think they messed it up was his hand. But he's had two surgeries in the last six months. And and look, the the Carl Anthony Towns thing there, like Tibbs and Towns is so passive-aggressively toxic. And obviously Butler's is, is part of that. And I don't and, think Wiggins is – Everything's all happy there because Wiggins' right. Wiggins' role diminished dramatically. Even though he got paid, his yes, role diminished dramatically. I just think there's so much internal resentment and dysfunction that I don't see how they match what they did last season. And what is the future for – go ahead. Tibbs is probably get fired. Yeah. What's the future for Butler, though? I mean, obviously, we admire how tough he is playing through injuries. He can play both sides of the basketball. But – the last locker room he left in Chicago was a mess. Yep. The locker room he's in Minnesota right now is a mess. And will whatever future team that will trade for him or sign him, will they take that into consideration? All I'm going to say is he, he had a $100 million extension on the table this year. He turned it down. Well, but that was a wise financial move. I don't know about that. Okay. Because probably he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But... Guys who played their whole, there's yeah. guys who played their whole career for Tibbs. How do they do in their 30s? Well, Luol Deng got paid well. at least. Well, so did Joe Kim Noah. You know what? They all did get paid. They all did get paid. It was they, they were mistakes, but they all did get paid. <laughs> right now, that might be used against Jimmy right. Butler. Yeah, um, but like the Bulls, I will say this: like the Bulls did were experts at getting off of guys. Mm-hmm. Like they said goodbye to Noah at the right time. They said goodbye to Dang at the right time. And Butler, right. hey, look, if Markinen's as good as I think he's going to be. Yeah, you can argue about whether well, they should that, have played. That trade paid is amazing. I mean, not, but Markkinen's going to be a stud. Right. The other thing about that Duncan trade play. is Justin Patton was in that trade, and he can't. And he's broken keep, his foot yeah, three yeah. times. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, on draft night, that you know the Bulls were getting roasted. Yeah. For that, and it looks really good. You know, I mean, depending on what Levine is, but, right? Yeah. But so, what's the over under for the Wolves? Minnesota Timberwolves 45. are at yeah. What are they? What were? What are they open at? 44 and a half. 44 so it's and gone a half. up. Yeah. yeah. They won 47 last year. And again, I mean, we'll see what the fallout is from these meetings with Butler, but man, that's, it's just such a toxic you environment. Know, one there of the right things now. about it is like, um, you know how all these sort of playoff level teams, a lot of them, they like, get together. You know, they get together in the Bahamas or mm-hmm. San Diego sure. or LA. I didn't see any, any Jimmy Butler had, and Jimmy or if Butler you're had Kyrie been back and to KD, Minnesota. You just get together together, and you're on different teams, and you let everyone wonder what you're going to do in the summer. It's right, 2019. right, right, right. I just I didn't see any. I'm not saying there wasn't. I'm just saying I didn't see any social media activity of Wolves off season guys. Oh, Surprisingly yeah. enough, you know that's one of LeBron's thing, and and the Cavs carried it on without LeBron doing it, without uh, him being on Cleveland. Where'd they go? I, was, I didn't see that. The Cavs went to Miami. Oh, Kevin okay. Love organized it. Uh, I was told that. There's no plan for the Lakers to do it this year, which I found mm-hmm. to be a little interesting. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this Western Conference preview pod. I guess it was a preview pod. <laughs> but I don't like it. I would have rather have Well, at least you didn't make any predictions, Wendy. No, I won't. And I won't. I made some predictions about the Wolves two years ago, and I lived or read it. I predict that I'll get you to make a prediction at some point this season. Oh. 
I predict that you're probably right. Uh, thank you for listening to Hoop Collective, and uh, we'll have more content coming up soon.